And Georgia so. I want to see. I want to see too. I saw Krillin just kind of slowly creeping off to the side. Superpower people eaters. Never level. Never level up. Because that is an interesting little, shall I say, quirk. Why didn't they just put something else in the bag? Hey, baby, he thinks he can. He thinks he can. He thinks he can. You may want to apply. What is Triforce? You're live. All right. So this is the Triforce podcast. Perjangers and Wallhangers Media Network. Uh, this is podcast number 87. This is the Triforce. I, of course, am Matthew Bucarell, the Matt Man. To my left is Stephen Bucarell, Big Brother. And Manning the Con is uh, Mr. Sulu, the old man, Christopher Bristow. Well, hello. Also known as Mr. Wilman. <laughs> he loves giving nicknames that yes. don't make sense. <laughs> And, of course, Hero of Time Link is taking a water break. And, uh, yeah, man, this is a uh, new year, new podcast. Same folk. Lots of news. So, uh, what have you been playing? Because me, my, me, myself, and I, we have all been playing Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. And I absolutely love it. I think it's the perfect anime. I don't even invite Chris. Uh, it's the perfect anime. It's the perfect uh, RPG, really, that you really need for that kind of series. It's one of those things that I didn't know that I wanted an RPG Dragon Ball until they made it. And it's everything. You have fishing. You have a lot of side quests. You have the main story, which holds up even better than the actual... um, Come here. Thank you. Holds up even better than the anime. Especially with everything. It keeps true to the anime. You see Piccolo blow up the moon. You see a giant ape. You see all these great moments from the anime you love. And it's one of the things that I really wanted to highlight. Is how great a game that is. Now it does have some bugs that they're going to have to work out. I saw Krillin just kind of slowly creeping off to the side. When I was <laughs> met him on a side quest. Where they're like, oh yeah. Oh, that power level was you? And then you completely mop the floor with him. And they're just like, wow, you're really powerful. I'm like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it does have that gratification there. There's a lot to the, like the Z orbs. That's okay. the one thing to know is that you, those are very important. Now, when you go to any given point in that here's your open area, go kind of realm, don't just go right to the main quest. Get all the Z orbs. There are a lot of them. Just get them all. <laughs> It's like Pokemon, man. Get them all because that is linked to your super uh, your super skills. So you can unlock different okay. super skills if you have a lot of those orbs. In all the right. beginning, you're not going to be able to unlock too much, especially in the Piccolo when you're pic- Piccolo training Gohan, which is where I'm at right now. There's not much, but I know. Like, no. Stick it through. Getting all these sons of bitches. So that way, got plenty to spend on later to get that one little power move that you know will change the fight and make it easier. Uh, and they they actually, not to cut you off, but they made Raditz a badass. When I first started playing it, I came down and I was like, oh my god, I didn't know fucking Raditz would be so hard. But they skip up the difficulty right there to where they want it to feel as hard it was as it was in the episode happening. So they really want to drive home. Raditz wasn't a bitch. Like, they were just really weak then. 
So it's really great. Well, they were all relatively weak then compared to now. Oh yeah. Well, one uses godly power. I would say yeah. <laughs> um, I went. I went old school. Yeah, I went uh, Star Trek Legacy. Mm. So I've been playing. I played a little bit of that, but uh, a nice little throwback to an R.I.P. studio. <coughs> I played. Uh, Poker Night at the Inventory 2. Okay, yeah, I remember you showing me that one a long time ago. That was 2014. Five years ago, man. He was like a whole person less. I was. <laughs> that, was pounds. that was Skinny Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Turn you into chocolate! And of course, you've been going through Elder Scrolls, Skyrim, through Skyrim now, yeah. because you were playing Oblivion. Yep, for a while I was playing yeah. Oblivion. Hopped on over to Skyrim. Okay. Why did you try that? that? Did you try that that ex- exploit for Oblivion? Yeah, yeah. Did it? At a certain point, everyone just gets too easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like this overpowered monster, and then they're like, ah. In case you don't know, they look at you and they and they die. Spoiler alert: the exploit in Oblivion is at the end of Oblivion. Oblivion gates open up. What? No. One big one. The exploit in Oblivion was to choose primary skills that you want level never level never up. level never level up because the game is scaled to your level. Yeah, there are some drawbacks to that. You don't get the like the intense armor. You don't get the fine all that stuff. But mm-hmm. you become you can stick with the look and consistently stay with it. Yeah. <laughs> you can just sit there and just go and kill someone, <laughs> and they <laughs> automatically die. Yeah, that's that's the equivalent of easy mode. <laughs> Although hopefully this year and uh, this year twenty twenty, hopefully we will actually hear some more news about Scott, uh, the next Elder Scrolls, Elder Scrolls Six. Mm-hmm. Um, Bethesda really needs to gain some fan love here this year because Fallout 76 didn't turn out so well for him last year. Nothing that they've really done. Before he goes over to the story, we do want to point you in the direction of pjandwh.com. You can go hop on over there and see all of our latest podcasts here. Uh, you'll see this podcast as well as Lugnuts being popped up there. You can find us on the SoundCloud and the YouTube and uh, anywhere podcasts are, literally anywhere, just type in Projangers. We see uh, Big Brother and Teddy. We still got to get Matt on there, Twitchy. Yourself and I, you can see the about. And if you want to contact us, you clock, uh, go and click on over on that page, and then you'll see name, email, and message. Let us know what you want to find, what you want to talk about. Find us on social medias as well. We do comb through, muck in the dirt of it. Every week I go through and I find the best and not always the greatest, but the nerdy news. And uh, Elder Scrolls one, Six is in development, full development. Yeah, we're down yeah. there. And this man is uh, unfortunately we have to start off with a dour story. But uh, Bryce Armstrong passed away uh, at his home. I believe seventy nine is what it said. So he's not coming on then. No, 84. 84. Holy shit, a lot more. So, you know him as uh, uh, the narrator for the original Dragon Ball series, as well as Captain Ginyu, uh, Lord Slug, as well as Yu Yu Hakushin, Loopy the Third, and Case Closed. A lot of different anime titles. This, As far as voice actors go, this guy had the voice. 
you know, and, uh, you know, see you next time on Dragon Ball Z. Like, that was so, like, ingrained in my adolescence and just watching week by week in this narrator's voice, you know? It's a very big loss, and I definitely wanted to highlight it out there in the beginning um, because he's going to be missed, man. <coughs> no more Lord, Lord Slug. Ooh. So, on the next story, though... I found this very interesting. If you're like me, you like anime. And there was a certain point in this last uh, week's My Hero Academia episode. Spoiler free, um, but you see at a point Deku go 100% plus ultra in full cowling. And in this moment, he has overhaul on the pillar, like in the picture there. Okay. And he instantly blinks to about well over 100 feet in the air. So one very astute uh, Redditor pointed this out, that there is some, uh, there's something here, okay? Now, for Izuku to basically disappear like he did when he accidentally used 100%, he'd have to move faster than the human eye can perceive. Let's say 100, Hypothetically 100 feet. Hypothetically speaking, 100 feet. Yeah. So... NASA, or not NASA, U.S. Air Force, close enough, said, said that trained pilots could see an image flashed on the screen with one 220th of a second. Now, Deku would have to go one 250th of a second, and if he were to go that fast, he'd be going 17,045 miles per hour. That means he'd be faster than, uh, eight times faster than the fastest jet in history. And ten times faster than the average bullet. And if anyone hit him or got in his way... Or vice versa. They would be hit by 3,409,000 newtons of force. 3 million newtons of force. Did we do the conversion of what the newtons, that newtons of force compared to the atom bomb? How many equivalents to the atom bomb? That well, it only takes 4,000 newtons to uh, break your femur. So after a quick Google search, I've Big done Brother that. will find it. So, but that just point that points out the a massive just amount of power that he has yet to. Accept. Are you finding that out, sir? Yeah, because that is an interesting little, shall I say, quirk. Yeah. So if you, if you scroll down here, you'll see a bot, and there's a comment under the bot. Um, Right here, so they didn't. They just wanted to have a cool moment, which I agree. It was a cool moment. These past episodes of My Hero Academia have been the best. Um, I really fully support. Twenty million that. newtons per square meter. Twenty yeah, million. Twenty billion. Oh, billion. So he's not quite nuclear. So he's in napalm level, but not nuclear. I mean, you know, there's room for growth. Yeah, you work your way up to being a nuclear bomb, Chris. You don't. You, you start off with like I don't know, pop rocks, and then you go to like firecrackers, and then after a long hard battle, you end up being a nuclear bomb. If you're lucky, hey. If not, you may have a nuclear meltdown. But toothless, uh, toothless bites said an interesting comment on here that. Uh, it's for people who crunch the numbers, and they once found that Saitama from One Punch Man travels something 10% the speed of light when he jumps from the moon's surface back to Earth in that infamous point in the anime. So I'm really just trying to point to how powerful these super-powered pu- super people are. Super-powered people eaters. <laughs> that sounds like a, you know, maybe like a... 
Quentin Tarantino movie, maybe. Or a bad song. Quentin Tarantino anim- animated show. There we go. I'll allow it, just like the next story. Uh, the SAG Awards happened, and uh, I like highlighting this stuff, especially when stuff gets really, you know, well, it's, it's well-due praise. And if you scroll down here, you will see uh, eventually a listing of all of the winners. Big winners like, uh, no, keep going. Joaquin Phoenix. Now, we'll start off outstanding performance by a cast in a motion picture goes to Parasite, the uh, foreign film. Which is obviously about a parasite taking over people. Go ahead and read those names for Inva- us. Uh, invasion of the Body Snatchers. Aizan Chan, Yo Jan Cho, Wu Xin Choi. Yeah, Choi. Hyun Jun Jin, Cao Zhang, Yong In Li, Song Kun Li, Mayong Hong Pak, So Dam Pak. So Dam Pak. Kang Ho Song. Because you gotta have a little of that Kang Ho song. Okay. You know what? This all goes back to the, like Mortal Kombat. Yeah. The motion cap actor that was Liu Kang was Ho Sung Pak. Ho Sung Pak. So, outstanding performance by a male actor in a lead role, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. And I did see his acceptance speech, which he went through all the other nominees. He was like, you know, going up, uh, going up for a role, you'd always hear that one infamous name. Leonardo DiCaprio. And he started saying how awesome he was. And then he goes, like, Christian Bale, you put your heart into everything that you do. I wish I could be half as obsessed about, you know, the characters that you are about them. And he highlights, you know, the guy from The Kingsman. Uh, Taylor Egger- uh, Egerton. Yeah. And he's like, where are you? There you go. Good job, man. Can't wait to see what you do next. And then he pretty much ends it with, I... I'm only here because of, I'm standing on the shoulders of a great man, and he's my favorite actor, Heath Ledger. Thank you very much. And he walks off stage. <laughs> Classy as shit. You know? And that's why Joaquin Phoenix finally getting, you know, the SAG Awards, Screen Actors Guild, if you're not familiar. Um, this is, this, you know, his fellow film people in Hollywood recognizing how great he did in that role for Joker. Just like. Renee Zellweger winning for Outstanding Performance for Female Actor in a Leading Role for Judy with Judy Garland. And she said that will be the highlight of her life is playing Julie, Judy Garland. So yeah, everything's downhill from was here. the musical Chicago. Nothing left to look forward to. And, uh, it's all downhill. And, and, and total uh, shit. So if you're going to... Oh, how could you forget me, myself, and Irene? Come on now. Did it you was see... Com- it was completely fake because she was the love interest. <laughs> True. I don't uh, know what she looks like. Did you see... Brad Pitt's accepted speech. I didn't. It is hilarious. I'll have to go back and watch that. Brad Pitt winning for outstanding performance by a male actor in a supporting role, just like the uh, outstanding guys, performance for uh, female uh, is in a supporting role. I'll recap, Laura Dern. I'll recap it in my in, in my words. He goes like, yeah, "Let's let's. It's not very hard impersonating or acting as a guy who's away from his family, away from his wife and girlfriend." That's not that hard. I should put that on my Tinder profile. <laughs> <laughs> so, Laura Dern for Marriage Story for the supporting role in the female actor. And then television, outstanding performance by an ensemble in a drama series, The Crown. They all get one? 
Well, it's, yeah, it's just the whole, you know, the whole. That's album. why they call it an ensemble. Yeah. Okay. And outstanding on. Can't do it by yourself. Get a group. Get together with a group of people. And, and this one's a big win. Hey, outstanding, uh, outstanding performance by an ensemble in a comedic series. The marvelous Miss Maisel winning the SAG Awards. There, man, love that show. The third season was fantastic. It was even better than the first two. Watch them in order. It'll <laughs> <laughs> make so much more sense. This guy and this start guy keeps growing up, ep- so everybody so else started can with see. season two and then went to season one. Outstanding performance by a male actor in a drama series goes to Peter Dinklage in Game of Thrones. Man, well deserved, well deserved for Mister Tony Shalhoub. Outstanding performance by a female actor in a drama series goes to Jennifer Aniston in The Morning Show. An outstanding okay. performance by a male actor in a comedy series, Tony Shalhoub for The Marvelous Miss Maisel. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Phoebe Waller, uh, Waller-Bridge for Fleabag for outstanding female comedy in the series. I, I want to... That's gotten a lot of awards lately. I want yeah, I I to check it out. see it. Yeah, just to see what I'm the... I'm still kind of on the fence about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like somebody you don't really trust suggesting you to watch a show. You're like, I don't care if that's the best show in the world. I'm not watching it. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. But uh, Michelle Williams for Voss Verdum uh, for Outstanding Performance in a Television Movie or Limited Series. So this is a big one here, which is a technical stretch, but I'll take it. Outstanding Action Performance by a Stunt Ensemble in a Motion Picture, which sounds like a category they just used for this. Avengers Endgame winning a SAG award for their stunt people and as he's scrolling, yes all those people are stunt actors and actresses. Holy fucking shit. But you know what? They... they. (laughs) Like, come on. And then outstanding performance by stunt ensemble in a comedy or drama Game of Thrones. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, (laughs) Marvel won that one. Now, the big one I want to highlight here is one Mr. Robert De Niro relieving this, uh, receiving the SAG Lifetime Achievement Award. You know, from Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, to... Uh, he blew it! <laughs> uh, analyze this. Yeah. Analyze that. Yep. Classics. You Showtime. Know? Classic, classic actor and really mm-hmm. deserves every bit of... You know, yeah, yeah. Irishman, which he lost any kind of of nominations on that one, but still really good, man. You know, Uh, it's very, very nice to highlight. You know, he's in that age of seeing all of the body of work that he did. Again, why have a screen scrolling in the background and then have a camera five miles away? Hi, Josh. (laughs) <laughs> so wins by a studio Disney gets one Neon gets one Netflix gets one Roadside Attractions LD Entertainment <laughs> gets one Sony Pictures gets one and Warner Brothers won all, all, make all the studios you, just Here you go. even spread of yeah, peanut butter <laughs> and then wins by network Amazon winning three with the marvelous Ms. Maisel and then FX getting two, HBO two, Netflix one, and Apple one. Remember, like fifteen years ago, it was just HBO and FX because it was yeah. always a fight between The Sopranos, mm-hmm. Six Feet Under, Curb Your Enthusiasm, yeah. and then it was um, Nip Tuck. Yeah. I'm going to throw a prediction out here that. Next year, when we get up to the SAG Awards, we may even be talking about 
another streaming service possibly get an award if they can send something out that can really knock their socks off this is a long setup here but you got to go to the next story to follow me all right so one thing that people have known coming is the peacock and that's not the peacock that you take out to uh, you know drain the radiator in your car the peacock is the streaming service by Comcast and NBC. We got a release date as well as some tiered it's very options. Obscure analogy. Yes, I work in the uh, realm of the obscure. 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 Mm-hmm. So it's releasing on July fifteenth in the United States. However, for Comcast subscribers for Xfinity One and Flex, it'll be April fifteenth. Okay. Now, if you are a Comcast subscriber, you can get. A free access to the full NBC library, which is not much of what you actually want to watch, <laughs> with ads for free. Okay, if you don't have Comcast, you go into the in, into the free level. You're getting a limited library, so nothing you want to watch, and <laughs> ads. So it's like crabs or herpes. All right, but then you get into the Comcast level, like all right, here's you know all of the NBC, and you know you can have that. Now for the premium, that's nine ninety nine a month, and that has no ads in the entire library, and they blow you. I'm lying on the last one, but they're trying to get their head in the screaming service. And as it is now, there's not much that s- screens watch me from NBC. What do you have? Thirty Rock, Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live. Okay, no, uh, but even still, I'm not going to be upset if I miss it. No, the only show I would say would be that's carrying that, that flagship is This Is Us. That is it. That is the only show that's carrying That's it. one of those shows someone's like, oh, you should watch This Is Us. I'm never watching that show. I watch it with my wife. There you go. That's why. But <laughs> NBC, now this is my setup here. I'm going for the slam dunk with the next story. Huh? Spike it. NBC just grabbed Seth MacFarlane, Family Guy creator, for $200 million for five years. Wow. Really? So that's $40 million a year for them to, for him to produce. Uh, they lured him away from Fox f- with this deal. MacFarlane and Fuzzy Door Productions will now be making all kinds of new content for their Lord no- Overlords and Masters, NBC, uh, in which also includes musicals, because it's Seth MacFarlane and he can't help himself, political dramas, because it's Seth MacFarlane and he can't help himself. Okay. Historical anthologies. Once yeah, again, we we'll get just it. put the quotations Let's... in there. But also animated shows as well. So they're grabbing him. Now, if he could get something in the mix. He's working on a series for sci-fi. No idea what we, what it is now. But he's still also going to be doing Family Guy for Fox, The Orville for Hulu, and American Dad for TBS. Because I didn't even know that was still on. American Dad? Yeah. Wow. Who knew? Yeah, he's all over the place. He is. But he's still going to... Gonna as long as they keep, keep producing the Orville, I'll be happy. Now, all so that stuff should. that he makes for NBC can be sold to third parties. So you may be able to see some of these series popping up on Netflix or even Amazon and such. Um, I guess it's going to go to Peacock. Because that's what they're trying to inflate. If not, that's a really dumb business model. But, that being said... Good, good job for Seth MacFarlane, man. Two hundred million. So uh, we will see Game of Thrones. Di- and they see dick and fart jokes won't get you anywhere. <laughs> Look uh, at me now, ma. Ah, uh, 
Ah, well, that was technically a scabbed knee joke. But this next story, Game of Thrones prequel, House of Dragons, moves forward at HBO, the other prequel series that was like 8,000 years in, in the future. They shot a pilot for it, but it went nowhere. And that's just what happens to pilots sometimes. House of Dragons, 300 years before the events of Game of Thrones, tells the story of the House of Targaryens, uh, Michael Sapochnik. Is there any chance we got Peter Right there, next paragraph. Mike, uh, oh, Miguel Sapochnik uh, will direct the pilot in a couple additional episodes. Okay. So we're seeing the Targaryens, you know, we're probably around Aegon the Conqueror. Ooh. Nice, you know, area there for them to play around with because it's going based off of the George R.R. R. Martin book, Fire and Blood. So we'll see where the storyline goes. Um, while Martin himself is excited for the sequel, he does expect to be a part of the series, uh, he's not letting it get him back from finishing the last two books in a, a Song of uh, Ice and Fire. Good, because I really want to finish that story. Yeah, you really shouldn't let anything finish, you know, stop you from finishing that book. He just needs to put himself into a, like, a hole and finish that book. Which, Winds of Winter. That's not really one. how writing a book goes. Yeah, Winds of Winter. But so we're getting into so. the... The good part that should have taken 15 seasons to tell, but everybody wanted to just leave the table. Like the uncle that won't stop telling the long story. And everybody's already gone. But now, he's like, no, you're going to listen to my story! And now a whole group, new group of families just like, please tell the story, Uncle Martin. But, look out for House of Dragons, man. I think that could be really good, especially giving you a little prequel series. They could still bring that other one back. I'm sticking with that choice. HBO has something else up their sleeves, which new details emerge for the HBO Max show that is inspired by the Green Lantern. Oh, now, yeah. it's apparently going to be very inspired by the Green Lantern because the upcoming Lantern series from Greg Berlanti. Now, you know him. You don't know you love him, but you do love him. While he is known for being the person who helped write the most, one of the most atrocious superhero movies in recent history. Uh, the Green Lantern movie with Ryan Reynolds. He was a writer on that. However, I know, I know. However, he was also best known for creating the CW's Arrowverse with helming Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, and Legends of Tomorrow. He formed the Arrowverse, okay? As well as also producing Titans and Doom Patrol. So he's done so much for uh, for superheroes already. Now he's going into the Green Lantern series, which they are saying is going to be our biggest DC show ever made. Now, what could be more, more big than including Sinestro in the first series, as well as the origin story for two major Green Lanterns on Earth, linking that story to Sinestro in space? Hmm. Hold on, does that say a buddy cop comic series titled yeah. Green Lantern? Yeah, Jessica, Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz are the most recent Green yeah. Lanterns, and it's kind of like a buddy cop because they're pretty much the police of the, you know, universe. So, it's... I'll go with it. It's the Green Lantern Corps, you know? They're policing okay. sectors of the universe, so they're buddy cops. But there's a lot of different... They just say two, two Lanterns. They don't say... Uh, John Stewart and Hal Jordan. 
they don't say Kyle Rayner and Hal yeah. Jordan. There's a lot of different ways you can go because if, with Green Lantern, you're working your way to Blackest Night. Especially if you're introducing Sinestro, maybe an origin for Sinestro to where you get in all the different emotional colors of the Lantern cores. That is what I want from this Green Lantern series to really build on that. Because you know, I've been saying it since, you know, Triforce, the comic universe. I have started with Green Lantern in my nerdy you know, journey. So I really am so excited it, for this It really hits you home. It does hit home for me. Um, like this next story, it's a Aquaman miniseries coming to HBO Max and James Wan, not Kevin Wan. Oh, sorry, that joke doesn't really fit. But James Wan from the 2018 Aquaman movie is set to produce the, the animated miniseries. I'm fishing. I'm fishing, all right. Is that works. So So, which we'll have to try the material somewhere, folks. So the, it will be titled Aquaman, King of Atlantis. <laughs> and we're going to see all the kinds of heroes uh, that we are used to with the Aquaman series, with Mira and Volko being in there because they were in the movie. Are they um, going to have the fish and the seagull that tells uh, w- w- uh, about the, uh, th- the human items? Or am I thinking of another show? That is The Little Mermaid. Oh, oh so yeah. the fish isn't going to be in it. I like the fish. It was a crab, but... And the, no, and the, the fish, too. Yeah. Oh, it was a crab? It, no, there was a crab and a fish. I didn't even get the right... Uh, Flounder was the fish. Flounder was the fish. Uh, Sebastian, Sebastian was the crab. Was oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I, Sebastian, there was a fish. Sebastian was the Iago of... And then you had the seagull. Yeah. Oh, oh no! Or the bird. Oh, yeah, the there actual, was, it was a seagull. The actual legends of mermaids are not very true to the Disney telling. Once no. again, with their fairy tales, they're actually quite dark. And Disney's like, you know what? We're gonna get some pine saw and Mister Clean and clean this bitch up. And that's what you got with the Disney. Give a look at the original right story the of Snow White in the Seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Aquaman miniseries, you're going to have... Uh, we have no word whether uh, Jason Momoa, Amber Heard, or Willem Dafoe will be leading, lending their vocals out. We will see a three-episode miniseries starting, starting with Arthur Curry's first day on the job as King of Atlantis. So okay. we'll have to see how this one goes. It's an animated series going to HBO Max to try to put in content for you there, which, you know, HBO, not a bad streamer, streaming app. You know, we went through Westworld. Westworld's coming up in March, so something else coming down the pipeline to keep people watching. Watchmen's already done for the season. Which, Watchmen, watch the season, the first season. That was a great show. That, if you end it like that, done, perfect. If that's how you want to bring back stuff, like retro things from, uh, you know, great comics or stuff like that, you could just do do what Watchmen did. Damian Lindelof exited the show, and he was like, not doing it anymore. It was that season. That's all I thought of. That's what I wanted. And it was an extension from the movie universe. Everything's still very much there in the moment because Dr. Manhattan is in every moment at once. But really good. I, I don't want them to do another season of that. I just want them to leave that alone. And you want to know Watchmen? Watch the show or watch the movie and then watch the show. That's Watchmen. You have to watch the un, the uh the uh, the uncut version of that Watchmen. Yeah, yeah, because I've only seen the streaming one right there, and uh, the one that I saw in theaters. Yeah, the one in theaters it doesn't match up. No, like, but when the when the one in theaters came out, I was at a, a UTI, 
the school, not that kind of UTI. Um, <coughs> Universal Technical Institute, not your in Exton, Pennsylvania, mind you. Yeah. A uh, buddy of mine going to class Both? with me. I was like, oh, you watched it? You went and see, saw Watchmen? And they were like, oh, uh, yeah, but uh, they weren't really super. They just hit hard. And then I watched it, and I was like, what movie did you watch? What about the naked blue dude? Like, he's not powerful enough for you? Night Owl with his fucking, you know, getting some puss on the side and still having his cool little ship. It was a great series. I yeah. loved it. He had his moments. Yeah. On to the next story as I keep on rambling about Aquaman and Watchmen. The Mandalorian. This one's very interesting. Baby Yoda caused, the puppet cost $5 million to make. That Really? For them to go like this in the scene? Yeah. It cost $5 million. And Adam Paley, who <laughs> was the bike, the bike trooper, who infamously hit the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, we have a clapper. So Adam Paley, you can edit that out, right? Yeah, was the, <laughs> as it was just it was just serendipitous that it had to be on the hallway story when it happened. So you just leave it in. Adam Paley was the bike trooper who did the infamous hitting scene in the Mandalorian. Spoiler alert! Um, but. He was recalling with Entertainment Weekly how uh, the first take went. He remembers the first take uh, going where he punched the he punched the baby Yoda, uh, and then they said cut. And John Favreau was in his office where there's a separate monitor. He walks out of the office. He walks up to Adam and he goes. Uh, he comes up and he says, "I just want to let you know that this is the hero Yoda, and it costs like five million dollars." So, while I want you to hit it, I just want you to know that. Yeah. And he walks away. <laughs> and he says how he missed a couple more uh, a couple more takes he missed because he was so goddamn nervous after that point. Because that little thing was $5 million. And your scene is to hit it. Like, he's probably like, He's $5 million, like, you're 100 bucks a day. Know your place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't actually hit a hole. It would take you Calm 365 down. days of per diem just to make one tenth of that. <laughs> yeah. So we're just not going to hit Baby Yoda. Why didn't they just put something else in the bag? <sighs> you got to have continuity, Chris. What kind of hacks do you think? They, they can't have? stop the camera. I'm sorry. Put a pillow Boom. in. Restart the camera. Have him hit it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's cheating. Keep the $5 million yeah. thing in the bag. And he hit. punches the bag. Cut. Put Baby Yoda in. And they never actually show Baby Yoda in the bag. So they don't even have to actually have the $5 million puppet in the bag. I don't know why they did that. In fact, I'd take it out of the bag to start with. If, that's like saying, oh, I have this brand new expensive phone. Hey, catch! Mm. And tossing it across the room. It's not going to fucking work. My son did that. <laughs> See? <laughs> oh, there's a nice little crack on that. Yeah. So, I mean, while I, I can see this, there was a story I cut out, but um, from uh, Battlefront 2, uh, the main character is set to be kind of possibly showing up in Season 2, but it's too early to speculate. Um, it's just a bunch of fan art going around there and a lot of speculation. And, of course, we know speculation is verbal masturbation. $5 million for that. Okay. On to this. Yeah, on to this. Lucasfilms has reportedly 14 
Star Wars movies in development. So much for letting it breathe. They're going to milk that fucker for all it's worth. No, because they have it in development. Oh, that could be various. Development, you know. development means this is like, hey, what? I got an idea. Yeah. You know what we should do? Should do it, How many know. ideas can we think of? Yeah. I got 14. Development, development could be, let's yeah. look at the comics that are not canon, canon, make them canon, and then use the ideas from that. I mean, and half of this stuff might not actually pan out. Okay, so here's where the story comes. Firstly, the long-rumored Knights of the Old Republic trilogy with uh, Lynetta Congorales penning the script. Uh, she was Alta Battle... Yeah, uh, where is it? Alta, yeah, Alta Battle Angel. Um, Ali she wrote Alita? Battle uh, Angel. Alita. Anime, whatever. Yeah. But she's set to be penning the script for Old Republic. I like that. Nice trilogy. Everybody wants it. Easy cash cow. Give me Darth Revan, Darth Malak. Give me that whole area. Let me soak it up. Give me another Yoda species, just like the one on the Jedi Council was back then. <laughs> and the next one is a High Republic trilogy. The High Republic, not on hold. They're moving forward with that in the time period 400 years before the Skywalker saga and focusing on a young... Yoda battling Darth Bane. The Sith Lord who infamously brought on the rule of two. So Yoda would have already saw a lot more Sith narrowed down into two Sith. Okay. And then the, the rule starting there, bringing on the end of the, uh, of the High Republic. So it's a nice area that's distant, not too distant in the, in the lifespan of Yoda to where you could really have time to develop in that era, era to where it's the High Republic. There's a lot of Jedi, a lot of Sith, there's a battle going on, and then you have boom, Darth Bane eliminating all of them and saying, yeah, all of them are gone. <laughs> Besides me. So, interesting little uh, area to tiptoe around in there. While Kevin Feige's movie, which could turn into multiple, uh, he's in talks to be directing a film uh, centered around Ahsoka Tano, which okay. is in The Clone Wars. If you haven't seen it on Disney+, Plus, it's great. I'm going through it. I'm on season three. Um, really great series. And Ahsoka Tano, awesome Jedi. Dual right. lightsaber wielder. And I can't wait to see something else in that in that series, uh, you know, making her even more canon outside of the animated. Um, Takita Watiti is also in talks to direct a film okay. as well as John Favreau on unknown projects. Now, Kylo Ren is set to be getting a prequel, and Rey is supposed to be getting a solo outing taking place after the events of Rise of the Skywalker. And of course, to round it all out to make it an even 14, is Rain Johnson getting a trilogy. They think that with Knives Out, there's going to be a lot more steam behind Rain. And saying, hey, maybe he thinks he can. He thinks he can. He thinks he can. Maybe that train will get going. But, I don't know. There's a lot of talent that you already have in here with other projects to where you could really dump him, put focus into Kevin Feige and the KOTAR trilogy. And yeah, the I would rather and have be the good KOTAR. for years. I would rather have KOTAR. Now, I mean, some of these other projects, unknown proje projects, could be like Dr. Afra and other yeah. characters that we haven't even thought about. Like, you didn't even know you wanted the Mandalorian. Now you can't stop it. You can't stop it. One, all right, I need another one. Put that in the veins, man. Hook it up. You know? Feed that shit. 
But I really like what Lucas films is just those premises on how they're kind of searching to expand the mythos. It's not them milking a dead horse. It's them trying to give you more of what you want. You know, that's like blaming Chips Ahoy for making their ch- their chips their their cookies so delicious. You need to add a little arsenic so I don't eat so many. Like, okay, guy, calm down. Love my chip. You love my cookies. Just keep eating them. Okay, Ahoy, Ahoy, Ahoy. Um, now we get into uh, Marvel and the plans for the future. So I have been well uh, on record at this point as saying how disappointed I was with Mark Ruffalo's kind of last bit of his arc in yeah. the Hulk. Because they made a Professor Hulk and all that. And Marvel's already come out and said that, yeah, that damage from the Infinity Gauntlet is permanent. How are you going to move on from that, you know? How, how are you really going to move on with this? But this article is saying that Marvel is moving on to a new Hulk. And I think you're going to like him. Hmm. Because they did it in the, in the comics and it panned out well. Even making it into, into uh, the Old Man Logan series to where they expanded it and Logan, Old Man Logan jumped out into another Marvel universe. To where, you know, Amadeus Chow is where Marvel may be going for the new Hulk. Okay. The 19-year-old Korean-American is set to be the eighth smartest person on Earth. Okay. In the comics, Bruce Banner sees his power as a burden. So he relieves that burden and takes on his superpower and becomes a Hulk. And he's super smart. So... Amadeus Chow being the Hulk having a little bit more control in the Hulk state I really see that as a good answer to that because they also set it up already Helen Show has shown up in Avengers Age of Ultron and she's in the comics as Amadeus Chow's mom so do you she see was, this as Marvel that helps. Yeah. do you see this as Marvel just cleverly I'm going to put this little seed here and that's going to bloom in phase four. Do you see them like Amadeus Chow, Hulk, this, and giving Mark Ruffalo that time with Liv Tyler and to live the happy life and not be Hulk, have Amadeus Chow pick up the mantle. Now you have the new Avengers, you have your new Hulk, and you could go into a lot of different storylines with that. I mean... I like having a new Hulk rather than you trying to wave a magic wand and say, Oh, now you're all better. Back to being a psychotic rage monster. Boop. This is a nice, hey, here's a Hulk, the incredibly, uh, the totally awesome Hulk. I mean, technically, they can just go back in time and bring the Hulk from the previous timeline into the future and then it starts a new timeline. Yeah, they could. With the way they a horrible it. scientific accident. That's a whole multiverse of paperwork. Might even podcast, be a title hey. of podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, like minds like they say. But keep your eyes open in the future for that one. Like this one. Sony is reportedly in development on a Sinister Six movie. Sinister Six being big thing in Spider-Man lore, along with the comics. Six of his arch arch rivals team up and try to fuck him up. I like this, especially with uh, the first Morbius trailer showing off Michael Keaton's Vulture and how he will have a role to play in this movie. A report from Fandom Wire says Sony is indeed still building up to be uh, building up to the Sinister Six movie, with them showing up in a future Spider-Man movie. 
possibly Spider-Man 4. Okay. To where that's where if the deal goes south with Marvel, then they reign control. And all these, you know, Venom and Vulture and possibly Craven the Hunter for Spider-Man 3, which I love. All that culminating into a Sony Spider-Verse. Like I said, there's a lot of hope there if they just keep the formula going. Bringing all that in, and then, boom. Disney will eventually absorb it like the amoeba it is, and it will eventually all be canon again. Because they have a lot of money, like Bruce Wayne. But, with the Sinister Sinister Six, rumored (laughs) that the lineup is Michael Keaton's Aaron Toombs, uh, Adrian Toombs, Mysterio, Scorpion, Craven, Morbius, and Tom Hardy's Venom rounding out the six. And that will be your Sinister Six. I'm liking uh, Morbius with, you know, Craven and Scorpio and Mysterio. All these badass villains bringing Jake Gyllenhaal back like, Ha, you thought I was dead, bitches! Really a big fuck you for Spider-Man 4. And now that would be them being probably being introduced at the end of the movie, probably, as the Sinister Six. And then leading into a whole Sinister Six movie. And that, I would, I would love to see that. Now, they're also saying to be working on adopting or adapting a maximum carnage into a movie series. So actually getting the comic line maximum carnage in movie form oh, I would love that. will be awesome. They believe that the storyline will take place in Venom 3. And it will have Tom Holland's Spidey teaming up with Tom Hardy's Venom to beat down Woody Harrelson's Carnage. So we see Spider uh, Morbius coming out July 31st, Venom 2, October 2nd. So we'll have to see where this kind of pans out. I like Harrelson for Carnage, but there's something off about this election. It's just something off about it. Mm. Yeah, but you got to see how he is in Venom 2, though. October 2nd. I would rather have in a f- In a film theater near you. I would rather have Andy Serkis, because he can do anything. Andy Serkis could do anything, but I, I really... I don't know. I like Woody Harrelson for the uh, Cletus Cassidy role. I really think he could do it, He could do that, ro- that role of just really schizophrenic crazy well. Yeah, you can just you can just tap fear and uh, uh, fear and loathing and no no that was uh, New York City um, natural born killers you can, you can tap that role yeah now of course we can't start off the gaming news without a job listing job listings are saying uh, they think they may have a hint at to where the direction of Bioshock Four is going not in any kind of location wise but um, I'm liking what I see from this article. So that's why I had it in here. So the job listing is for uh, a lead world designer to head the team uh, dedicated to making a story heavy setting for the upcoming sequel. And there's a lot of things that they go on, uh, scroll down to say about this role uh, to where you have to contribute to the design and structure of the world. Memorable experiences that will compel the game's main story, as well as uh, a narrative-rich setting. That's the one that sticks out to me. You have to love sitting at the nexus of story, 
architecture, and design, and love games that create a symbiosis between them. So they're getting at what they're getting out of this is that Bioshock Four, oh yeah, it's still going to be a main story single player game. They're not changing that to where yes, they may have that um, lifestyle online game option like they tried with Bioshock was it Infinite or Two, Two, Two. They'll still try to have that like they always do. They'll have that multiplayer aspect, but the the core game is still going to be Bioshock Four. A Narrative story that's probably going to blow your mind. Is infinite, just completely. That was a perfect symphony. How would it be? I would love to see a video game company design on the premise of how many friends you have playing that game across multiple platforms. So, like, yeah, and and how far they've completed the story. You see, like, when you look through the window, you see how far they are in their story and like just see that and it would show yeah. like little flags and check marks and like there are little the other different window. multiverses yes. and you're just all in your little machine like oh mm. shit there's Chris oh he is so much further ahead fuck being able to see where that would be cool a nice little mechanic to have in there yeah you may want to apply <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> probably on LinkedIn or some shit I don't know but I'll search for it I'm really excited to see where they're going to go with as this, especially Cloud home, uh, Cloud Chamber Games, which is the studio <laughs> being held to, you know, helm this and really kind of do do it right. I I really have faith in them. If they're focusing on a single player story for their main backbone of this hey, game, okay, let me work from home. Just, <laughs> I'll be good. <laughs> so with the next story, it's a little ray of sunshine. However, it's still in the rumor mill. Horizon Zero Dawn is rumored to be coming to PC this year, which is so unlike Sony. Technically, it's already on PC. So, the game is about a woman who kills uh, robot dinosaurs. It has only been available on PlayStation. It's been exclusive. It's on PlayStation now, right now. So, you could technically play it. Now? On your PC? Right now. Mr. IT Technicality. So, yes, you could do that, but they're saying you would be able to go and buy it for probably a $60 game price. Oh, again, if you have Or a spend $10, get PlayStation now, and there you go. And then cancel next month when you're done. We're all about solutions. So, uh, PlayStation, this is according to, uh, to uh, Kotaku, it's said to be releasing on PC, while no reports out of Sony or Gorilla Games whether they will be releasing this, it would be the first major exclusive from a Sony-owned studio to be released on PC. However, Death Stranding is set to be getting a PC release. Delivering pizzas so, near you. That was already like preemptively yeah, designed. Because that's Kojima. They're, they want it everywhere. It's Okay, you're going to get this first. So here's but it's still going over there because we're going to make a lot of money. So here's... Here's where I can see Sony allowing that. Um, they hold their exclusives for two years and then let it be on PC Which is fine. for you know, a different price. That's the whole benefit to being a PC master racer is that everything eventually comes to PC. Even Sony. They w- they're a little bit prudish, but they can't hold out forever, if you know what I'm saying. I'm not trying to get rapey there. It's just hold out, and you'll probably get more PlayStation exclusives. I don't know where you're going with that dirty mind. But a Metacritic, I'm not gonna di- say it. a Meta, I'm not gonna say yeah, a Metacritic score of 89 out of 100. Uh, to change topics, 
And on to the next story. This is when we get into a bit of the delays. And not just the internet. Marvel's Avengers has been delayed. Not eh, not forever. Didn't they just release that movie? No, this is the game. Oh. So Crystal Dynamics has announced that the Mar- Marvel's Avengers game will be delayed. The release date for the game has been pushed back to September 4th. Previously, it was stated at May 15th uh, for release on PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Stadia. They apparently need more time to fine-tune. Yeah. You need a lot more time than Yeah, you need a lot more time. You need time. a lot more time than just four months. No, I'm, you're sorry. Me, I'm sorry. You're telling me you're still not go, sold on Ed from accounting? Get, get, go what? Go go take your fuck it all and just push scroll, it back a whole scroll other year. Up, up for a minute to remind people of uh, how bad. Those are your B-list celebrity Avengers. Ed, you kind of look like Iron Man, don't you? Not really. I don't <coughs> think I do. It's cool. No, Computer no, no, graphics. You're, you're great. Yeah, Computer graphics, Ed. You'll be fine. I think you're wrong. I mean, I don't that. think the design of the characters is wrong. Thor looks a little bit, he'll, well, you know, a little bit rough around uh, the edges. Uh, he, he doesn't look like Thor, you know, Master of God and Thunder, you know. He, he looks like a cosplayer. He, he looks like Thor, I'm, 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 I'm here to win the costume. I reckon I have Mjolnir and I'm going to hit you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm here to win the costume contest. Look, Crystal Dynamics, unlike these uncultured swans, I'm still interested in seeing your game. Just not going to pay full price for it. Hence the reason why the delay. See you in three years. <laughs> I mean, you add on Hawkman and Ant-Man, and then maybe you'll have a solid game there, but uh, I'll wait for the DLC and the you know full package to come out. This one just dropped out today, that if you're a Dying Light 2 fan, you it will be delayed as well. Uh, Techland released a statement apologizing, and it was originally slated for spring 2020, and there is no word on how long the release will uh, the release of the I, delay I, will be. I can actually say this was a good move on Dying Light's part, just because the game itself. It, the they just finished putting out content for the first one. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they 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 can just take your time. You don't have to tell me now. In the future, in the coming months, they will expand on this as to how far along it will be. It'll probably be the end of the year. Probably looking at another September release. And, so another, and here's another delay. It's just unfortunate that this one has to join the list as well. Cyberpunk 2077 has been delayed as well. The game is set for an April 16th launch, now being pushed back to September 17th. Once again, from spring to fall, give me the summer to work it, work it out, get all the bugs nipped up. Cyberpunk, I am well willing to let them take their time put out a good game, and it's going to be one that's going to be amazing. But here's the thing I love. They said in their statement from CD Projekt Red that Night City is massive, full of stories, content, and places to visit. Due to the sheer scale and complexity of it all, we need more time to finish playtesting, fixing, and polishing. We haven't even let our playtesters given them enough time to find all the bugs. It's a massive fucking story. Can you give me a minute? Not a problem, man. Take your time. I know. I want, I want my Johnny Silverhand. I want all everything that you're putting out. Cybertruck, <laughs> Cybertruck, and all. I want that. Take your time. Call me when it's done. Call. Me. I I I I like when studios recognize 
the massive undertaking that they're trying to do. Yeah. And they're not just going to put out a shit game. They're like, look, we're actually worried mm-hmm. about high quality. It's kind of a thing. So here. we have had multiple delays. Which already. is why I have faith games. in Crystal Dynamics and mm-hmm. Techland as well with Dying Light. I have faith in these studios where they're willing to step back and say, you know what? I really need some more time. I want to find polished Thor's hair. Last of Us 2, delayed from February yeah. to May. Alright. Now we have Avengers delayed from May to September. Yeah. Quite frankly, they need to take longer and fix the models. We'll see if they make another delay. That's not uncommon for a game to go, you know what? We need another one. Another mulligan? Yeah, another okay, another mulligan. And then now with Dying Light, which the first game was amazing, they can take the time that they want and still, you know, just go play Dying Light 1. You'll be fine. Um, and then Cyberpunk. Yeah. There's these massive games that have all these, like, intricate details. We don't want another Anthem. We don't want, like, like the bugs found in Grand Theft Auto are now just jokes and people just use them like Grand Theft Auto 4 with the yeah. same set. Yeah, the swing set. You know, like little things like that. If studios had more time and granted you know we just want them to put out quality stuff that's all yeah just take the time like this next story yet again i'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news news another delay <sighs> just got knocked out punched by delays this week but final fantasy 7 remake delayed and it could mean episode two is going to be delayed as well now episode one could be laying the flame the framework here um it has been the new release date has been set for April tenth, twenty twenty. So it has been pushed back back. It's only two weeks. So it's exclusive for PS four, and the reasoning may be that the team is stretched a bit too thin. Well, uh, the director, director Tatsuya uh, Nomura, uh, currently working on Final Fantasy VII remake as well as Kingdom Hearts three Remind, uh, which is releasing January twenty third. So he's under the gun with two games, and his studio's just a little bit too thin. Now, does this mean Episode 2 is going to be delayed as well? Probably. It's currently in development, but I see them still needing extra time just like this. They need The guy's a perfectionist. It took him uh, 10 years to make his last game. If they were smart, they would just focus on the DLC for Kingdom Hearts 3 because they, Kingdom Hearts 3 has... Let's just say a solid fan base. A solid fan base. So milk that cow. Copyright, copyright. The Empire, Disney. That's what I'm getting at. In all actuality, the game was probably like a B, maybe a B plus at best. But it hit that cult niche, and which is why the DLC needs to happen to kind of bring that up to an A. They get their ceremonial Mickey ears on and they play the game. So milk that, gain the money from that, funnel it into to Final Fantasy. And then focus all your efforts on making episode one as great as possible. Because then, if you need to delay episode two, you have all those little details and things that you want to find. And for yeah. the completionists yeah. that are out there... it gives there, them time. It gives them time. So, adding that delay... Well, especially since Final Fantasy was seven was, what, four discs? Three. Three discs. So, splitting it up, seven that's not three. uncommon. Because you still had to take it out... Put the new disc in. 
So it's not uncommon for that game. So it's still going to be familiar having it episodically. I don't think it's necessarily like the company just like stretch, you so know, trying to get every bit of cash out of you. Seven was three, eight was five, yeah, nine was four. I love nine. I know that was the last nine one on the PlayStation, but it was an awesome game through and through. I didn't go all the way through ten, and that's where I kind of fell off because they were like ten two, eleven, eleven two, and all that. Although, we may have a leak of something else uh, a little bit later on. Not this next story. This one's a little bit ridiculous. But Valve says it's absolutely not working on Left 4 Dead 3. Yeah, they Or a VR sequel of that. Uh, this all comes... Just fuck off and give me a, you know, Left 4 Dead 3. Yeah, this all comes from a Twitter post from... Alvin! This is the whole reason why I did the story, just for that joke. Alvin and the Chipmunks joke. Um, Alvin Wang Graylin, president of the HTC Vive in China, who posted images of slides from like a PowerPoint presentation saying 2020 VR trends with a bullet point that said Valve HL Alix, Half-Life Alix, slash L4D3, Left 4 Dead 3. What won't change in the next 10 years? Time spent on core tasks... They, the need to communicate with others. Well, that's always in every okay. business situation. The need to care for the elderly and young. Is this a human services company, or do they make a, video games? This is China. Okay. The need to have companionship. companionship. Okay. The need okay. to create purpose in life. Those are things that won't change. I think there's... Don't I do that for I think... Isn't There's, that just like fortune cookie? Like very vague problems? I think what happened here is like what we, we saw on the James May yeah. show. Yeah. I think there's a translation issue. Amazon has a series now, which we started going through. It's fantastic, especially if you're fascinated with Japan. And it's, James May. And James May. The perfect person to introduce Japan to you is James May. Yeah. So it's James May, our man in Japan is the name of the show. <laughs> Fantastic, man. He goes through everything Japanese. And it's just an awesome show. That's the man you want to show you. Including foreign culture. But unfortunately, Valve has come out and said that they are not working on Left 4 Dead 3. They have never been working on Left 4 Dead 3. And it's not even on the register right now. So if you're a fan of the Left 4 Dead series, you're probably going to have to wait, be waiting probably the amount of time like Half-Life 3. While you're waiting, they'd like you to communicate with others Valve take is care a, of the elderly and the very young. Valve is very superstitious. <laughs> They're almost like the Japanese, to tie it in. They don't like a certain number. Like, the Japanese don't like four. Valve, they don't like threes. Why can't Why can't they just make a, a four? No, no. Why you can just skip three. Just give me four. So, so <laughs> why can't, why can't, What's wrong with that? Oh my god, here's an idea. Why, why don't they just make the threes on the mobile platform and then let it die and then go to make four. Yeah. Because the mobile platform... At, at least is, make some money from it from like a pay-to-win mechanic. You have a lot of fan base on the mobile market right now with Black Desert Online, their mobile app going. I log on to that occasionally. And there's a lot a lot to be said for that. So that could be a possible future. Not much future in this, but it looks like a great game nonetheless. Death and taxes. The two things guaranteed in life. Now, in game form. If you scroll down, you'll find some beautiful bean footage uh, right up there. Boom. So we're looking at a 2D 
style, pa- very papers please. Um, you're a Grim Reaper. You're going to your first day on the job. You pick how your Grim Reaper wants to look. And your whole job as this Grim Reaper is to sit at your desk, reading through character sheets, and deciding whether or not mortals get to live. And your actions will have consequences in the world. You will be uh, will you be a model employee or a major pain in your boss's ass? It's a free demo now on PC, and uh, get your Reaper stamping on. You know, I mean, it looks like a weird kind of papers please game. Obviously, got a Cthulhu there, and this is where I like to see it because you can see if you're really causing destruction and death, or if things are going off well and it's an equal balance. So there's a deeper mechanic into the game even though it looks simplistic artistically, it's still very whimsical and, you know, very 2D platformer, so if that's what you're into it's one of those things that's a, it's a mundane thing and a lot of paperwork, but you never know it could be good, man, especially since they're giving you a free demo, they're trying to draw in all the uh, all the press to that so, speaking of PlayStation, there was a little bit of an epic leak, and it may be on Santa Monica Studios' next game, as well as more. I'm Scroll still, down. I still have to finish this game. God of War, yeah, because I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely looking at this, and this is a massive... It's a leak on PlayStation 5 reveal event happening in February, which people have been joking around saying it's the most unguarded secret in gaming right now. But, yes, the reveal is probably coming in February for the PlayStation 5. And in this, it could be fake. But, according to the leak, the launch titles for PS5 will be included. Godfall, Gran Turismo 7, MLB The Show 2021, Demon's Souls Remastered, which has been heavily teased by Bluepoint Games. And Legends from Santa Monica Studios. There's nothing else to go on besides the name there. And there's also, the leak goes on to say a bunch of other stuff teased as well, like a a new Horizon game, Spider-Man 2 from Insomniac, new Crash Bandicoot, a new sci-fi IP coming out of Naughty Dog from Uncharted series, as well as uh, other new IPs from SIE Japan and London Studios, Final Fantasy 16, as well as a new Resident Evil Backwards compatibility yeah, for one, such two, as a major PSP, feature. PS3, and 4. And, and the games four. from all five PlayStation platforms, 1, 2, 3, PSP, PS3, PS4, will be compatible on PS5, making it the ultimate PlayStation console. Putting an emphasis on past and present gaming, more details and backwards about backwards compatibility will be discussed at a later date, especially at E3. Now, and PlayStation has come out to say that they're not going to be at E3 this year, and this is directly contradictory to that. But they're saying the PS5 will launch worldwide October 2020, priced at $499. So you're looking at $500 bucks for the new uh, up, up, down. He has to show the ads. Down. Down a little bit more. There. So, there will be no pro model at launch. You know that's probably coming next year, um, but the PS5 PS5 specs are supposed to be on par with the Xbox Series X, although that's reportedly going to be a hundred dollars more at the six hundred dollar price point, and they're uh, more powerful than their Xbox Lockhart, which will be four teraflops and a hundred dollars less, right around the PS5's price point. 
So if you're going at PS5 price point with the Lockhart system, it's going to be not as powerful, and it's still going to be as powerful as the Xbox Series X. It's trying to put that there, and they're also trying to be known for less than notable load times, like almost no load times, quick downloads, compartmentalized downloads. PlayStation 5 is swinging for the fences on this, and this leak, I think, is them just sending a dick pic, seeing if you're interested. Oh, you like this? It's time to play. It's the new Logan logo, by the, uh, motto, by the way. It's time to play. You ask anyone, they don't want the dick pic. Well, Sony's sending them. Sony's sending dick pics. But I'm really interested to see if they actually show up at E3 or not. They didn't show up last year at their state of play. I see them probably doing something like the state of play this year they're when they're finally ready. Yeah. But I kind of, I really like what their the leaks are coming out about this new uh, PlayStation. Yeah, I mean that's why I have a Best Buy card so I can just get both of them on interest refinancing. But on the graphics perspective, it has been compared to an NVIDIA RTX 2060. So not really top of the line graphics. It's not going to be that much different graphically. Maybe just a little ray tracing, but not necessarily true because the uh, the operating systems of the individual consoles don't run Windows based, so you have more mm. more power to generate. It's true, that. and there, you're looking at ten teraflops for the PlayStation Five. Even if Xbox is right on the line with that, you're looking at a lot of power. So it could be a console that lasts. Two years, three years, then we're going to get another one. Because that sustainability of having a console for a long time is kind of going out the window now. Yeah, I mean, 360, what, that was uh, 2006? Yeah, it's been that long. 2006 to 2013. And then, so, I mean, that was seven years. I mean, consoles, console generation lifespans are usually six to seven years. Now, with this most recent generation, it yes. was three and a half, four. Dropped drastically. Like only cliff. because, only because, like, Xbox was like, all right, I'm going to put out um, one terabyte model. And now I'm going to put out, uh, oh, if, uh, I'm going to put out a 4K model. Like that, the 250 megabyte model we saw at uh, <laughs> the Game and DVD Exchange. Yeah. <laughs> the 360. <laughs> The whole 250 megabytes. Well, remember, remember. so back in 2005, when, when Xbox first launched in November, it was 20 gigs, yeah. 40 gigs, 80 gigs. Yeah. And that was it. Oh, that man. was it. Now, you may be able to hold one game on that. And, and Xbox, the Xbox Live Arcade, yeah, for the first two years... The Xbox Live Arcade games were capped at 50 megabits. Ooh. So, yeah, they were actually, yeah, they were pretty scaled down. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So, you and have some that. of them were still good and still playable, but. Oh, you'll be able to go back all the way to PlayStation 1 on this P- PS5. Yeah, I'm just going to get an interest free Best Buy, you know. That's what I do. There you go. But. They're obviously going to have the trade-in deals with the, you know, bring us your old PlayStation, we'll knock off of this, and then you end up getting Well, that, that's the beautiful part about this console generation. You can do that without losing anything. Yeah, it's going to all move forward. Both like, Xbox uh, yeah, and PS4, and you can trade yeah. up, and you won't have to worry about, you know, not being able to play your old games, because yeah. right out of the box, you'll be able to. Yeah, and you'll have your whole library right there. Mm-hmm. So that's a big price, uh, a big uh Compliment to the new console generation as well. This next story is something Chris sent over here, and I just I couldn't help but 
<laughs> marvel at what this Kickstarter did here. Dream Glass Air, a portable, safe, private, augmented reality theater coming to you. It will hook up to your PS4, your iPhones, your tablets, your PCs, your Macs, your drones. And it will provide a 100-inch, 2.5K augmented reality screen with 5 hours of battery life, uh, wireless tethering, multi-screen features, 90-degree wide field of view, and it only weighs 5 ounces. Uh, eyeglass friendly. Those <gasps> like things, okay. brother. So it'll be good for your eyeglasses. It's, you know, a lot of different uh, technology going into the lenses, but you'll be able to connect to your YouTube, your, you know, your cable, your phone, control it through your phone and your PC. It's just a private AR private theater. You could use your computer to work, you know, at work and, you know, scroll through Facebook when you're pretending to sleep. You would use that. You can look up porn, augmented reality porn. That's like the next. That's the next. That's. I don't that's think. Unsol- I don't think. I don't think the Kickstarter wants that. Wants that as a, you know. They raised a million dollars. They already got the money with thirty one hundred ba- uh, thirty one hundred backers. They're good. The price points on these is pretty awesome. Keep going down because you'll see the price point uh, comparison. Keep, oh yeah, keep going. So it's not not that bad. Wise okay, three forty. You know for their. Top tier, uh, six six sixty nine. Keep going down. They have a comparison to other stuff. Uh, yeah, you're in private theater, wide field of view. I already said all this. Universal, blah blah blah. Hook up to everything. Even be a mechanic with it. Damn, right here. So, Hollow Lens two. Hollow Lens two. Thirty five hundred dollars. Magic Leap. Twenty-two ninety-five. Google Glass. But Google $1, Glass is so normal. And then the the Dream Glass Air, two hundred and sixty-nine dollars, a hundred and fifty grams, ninety uh, degree field of view, two point five K, five hours, multi-screen, five G compatible, work phone consoles, all yes, none of the others will pair to your work phone. They're not five G compatible, and they're not. Uh, they will not work on your consoles. You so can when play do I get it? PlayStation Pro on this. I do believe you can buy it now. Yeah, um, you can, you can uh, back it now. Yeah, you can back it now. And I mean, this is such a good idea. Sorry, I'll wait. It's such a good idea, and I can't. I, I can't. Like Honestly, if I had, if I had the awesome extra money, I would just do it. You know, but I don't. Yeah. So it's definitely something to where if you give this a little time, it's probably going to get cheaper, and it's going to be more affordable. They're going to shrink it down. They're going to make, make it look, look better. Like regular glasses. And they're already starting on the normal. contacts. Yeah. And there's a lot of future I don't know how they wise. keep contacts. I, th- I really think augmented reality is going to be a lot bigger. Especially with, if you scroll up, you see uh, that, the display. So the display is beaming down. And you can see how it's still a little bit lighter than what you're going to see. So you can still distinguish between reality and what is being shown in front of you virtually. So you still be able to distinguish it, but does that keep the resolution right where you need it and all that? I mean, there's a lot of science I don't understand, but they're saying it's safe for your eyes. Well, it okay. reduces reduces blue light, which has been known to <clears throat> for you know ocular degeneration, and it's been known to known to, you know to, like layman's terms causes headaches, causes eye strain, causes uh, eye fatigue. 
when you're looking at screens all day. And that's really kept a lot of people away from any of this kind of... Oh, it's got VR and AR. Yeah. It's going to give you a headache. You're going to get vertigo. You're going to get all those kind of different things that is going to off-put you from really enjoying the experience like you do with a video game console. You can sit in front of that for hours. I did today. And that's that's the beauty of the consoles. But this is where... The technology is going to catch up with the demand of this new technology, and you're yep. really going to see a lot with that. So, just had to put that out there for the last uh, article for the news today. Uh, of course, we go off on our end segment the same way with uh, an interesting thought experiment. For this week, I decided that with Dragon Ball Z Kakarot being released, what if? What if you had the Dragon Balls? What would you wish for? And why? Uh, Link would wish for all the bones in the world. Endless bone (laughs) supply. Endless belly rubs. Now, it depends on which Shenron you go to. I was just figuring the classic one-wish Shenron, not the Namekian uh, Shenron, where you get three wishes, but you have to, you know... It's like going to uh, to Pat's. You gotta you gotta order in Namekian. I don't know if you have to order in Namekian at Pat's, but it's a cheesesteak place for you, those of you elsewhere in the world. Um, <laughs> really, we are a Philly based podcast. Um, but you know, I'm going with the classic one wish Shenron. You know, we're not getting weird dialect uh, uh, dialect, not Dalek uh, dialect uh, Shenron. Yeah, that would not be a, pu- a pleasant Shenron. No, I don't think you would get any You are not a proper lingui- linguist. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, Shenron's in front of you. You collected all seven Dragon Balls, which was probably very dangerous, because they gather together, they separate all around the world after the wish and turn into concrete for a year's time, to where then they just magically turn back into Dragon Balls and you got to find them all over again. Now, the one stipulation is that if you have been revived once, you can't be revived again. And only certain thing is things are within Shenron's power. You know, giving everyone in the universe the ability to fart gold is a little bit above it. So, what would your wish be? Would it be like Vegeta, going for invincibility? Or would you go for, like, a Goku, let me bring somebody back from the dead? Would you gain for more power? Heat vision. X-ray vision. That'd probably cause more radiation than it's worth. Okay, we'll we'll skip on. Why do all the neighbors in your neighborhood <laughs> have cancer? I don't know. No idea. No idea. <laughs> you may want to get that lung you checked don't? out. I don't know. What? No, you it's got probably, something. But you know what? The people probably did it. Awesome. It's now. probably Pico. There's <laughs> <laughs> some in the water. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, everybody's getting sick around this house. Weird. I don't know. Yeah, bizarre. But um. I mean, you know, as for, like, wishing somebody back, I kind of, uh, that that's where you kind of, yeah, I yeah. draw the line in necromancy. Yeah. <laughs> it's not necessarily necromancy, because you're not playing with the dead. That's necrophilia. I'm sorry, that's different kind of playing with the dead. Um, <laughs> Talk about going dark. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, that's why I wear that. So... Where are you going with yep. your wish? I mean, obviously, I don't know, man. I'm kind of thinking uh, ability to fly. Because on a realistic level, it'd be doable. I, you know what? I would. What I would wish for would be making everybody else's others' statements true, 
because everybody says I know everything. So I would just wish to know everything. I don't um, think you'd like that. You really wouldn't like omnipotence. No, not, most people do wish for that. Here's like, the problem oh. with the ability to fly. You'll be doing this. Hold on just one more. Whack right into a building. Well, obviously, just like those birds. You don't use your cell phone and fly, just like you don't use your cell phone and drive. Yeah, but that, that they would make that a law. Obviously, you'd have to avoid airports. You know, UFOs. Oh, it's just Matt. Why is he trying to smoke a what? So <laughs> you have, you have to register with the FCC. <laughs> you know, you got a you got a whole bunch of legal stipulations. But with flight, at least you know you wouldn't have to walk anywhere. I mean, I know that's no more car man. insurance. No more car insurance. Maybe I don't know. Just get a insurance. basket. You can fly. Life insurance would probably be a bitch to try and get. Oh yeah. You, I'm sorry. You fly to how high? Look, I can't go up that. Fortunately, high. fortunately, they most insurance companies don't ask if you have the ability to fly well, without the started, aid of a jet plane. But. People started up with you know weird abilities. Although I wonder if that would be in Shenron's power because just like My Hero Academia, that bitch. 80% of the world gets a quirk. 40% of them make it something good. The rest... You know, there may be... You there can may pick be up, a... Like, you can pick up that microphone. That's all you can do with your telekinetic power. A certain weight limit. You know? But there you'll might, be able to train it to improve. You might you might wish for that, and you think you're going to get, like, the ultimate power, and you get the power to lift... You get, like, Meg's power. Type reading. 1 plastic only. Not yeah. type 2 or 3. Yeah. Type 1 plastic. Where you get like Meg's power from the Family Guy episode, where you can just grow your nails out. Like, yeah, this is all I got. Wow. Yeah. Well, once you, scratch well, your eyes. Of, instead of instead of that, once you just, I would have a stipulation in there legally that would give me the best power. Like, I would just like Peter from Heroes. I would wish for invincibility first, and then get the Dragon Balls again, and wish the ability to fly, because then I won't have to worry about dying. That's a good plan. That's a good plan. Honestly, I'm. Um, you would be the last person on earth flying on you know floating on a rock just like well this didn't end well I can't wait till the sun expands and burns me into oblivion but then I'll just be on the sun because I can't die that sound good you want to hang out on the sun like Dr. Manhattan I can just fly away no one said anything about not being able to fly out in space but if I am having the ability to fly, there is mean. no form of propulsion. It's just my and mind if you're invincible, myself. If you're invincible, then you would have the ability and the time to develop a recirculating oxygen system so you can uh, safely fly through space. That's a good. Uh, that's a good plan. That's a good plan. Because I don't need. I don't. There's no form of propulsion Very, unless, uh, unless I'm flying through like farts out of my ass, which is not happening. I'm just flying I mean, through it, kinetic it, There's. There's. No friction in space, though, so you probably could be propelled uh, propelled by farts. Yeah, but it, it would take you a long time. It would take forever. But you, I could. don't think in this theory you really understand how big space is. <laughs> yeah, but I don't need to. I can just go to the next planet, inhabit that. Yeah, have, but it's really far. But away. but I have ways. <laughs> I don't. I think it only works for this Do, planet. There, they about. don't. They don't work intergal- intergalactically. No. What the no. fuck? No, those seven people. I understand it's a free app, but come intergalactic on, intergalactic planetary. <laughs> we're in. You know, we're in a new century here. You gotta get with the times. Well, not century, decade, but still. Um, I, I I like the Dragon Balls and uh, this thought experiment. We'll have to come back to it again, but. I gotta say, your wish probably that uh that's very me from Doctor Who, but you pretty much got it figured out there. You're gonna be sitting in your own little space 
vortex bubble at the end of time, just reading your books? Well, I mean, because they even said in Dragon Ball that the ability to fly is energy-based. It's not propulsion-based. Yeah. So, it is energy-based, yeah. So, so I could just move as fast as my strength will allow me to go as fast as I want. And we and all know... I, uh, at that point... Your best days are behind you, so once again, you may not be going as fast as you think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but if I'm invincible, I would have... I would have it, it wouldn't set, matter anyway. I, I would have it set to be... Having the strength of like Alpha Centauri, here I come! Like <laughs> I would have it said to be the strength of like you know infinite power potential. Not saying I have infinite power. Interesting, interesting loophole. It's exactly why we don't have Dragon Balls. Assholes like you. I just wanted to fly, man. And there you go with just living forever and fucking flying around the galaxy. Ah, Shenron. He's shaking his head somewhere. But. We definitely want to thank all of you for watching. This has been the Triforce Podcast, uh, part of Perjangers and Wallhangers Media Network. And uh, this is Podcast 87, man. Another good one for the books. We want to thank, of course, Kevin for watching and listening, as well as Ronaldo Bremby uh, for reposting Podcast 84, the Triforce Podcast, Darth Wick, Never Game, with the door closed. <laughs> As well as Joe Gilmore and Matthew Kennedy for liking podcast number 86, Lugnuts Remastered Prius V Sex Turbo. <laughs> so, uh, we got obviously a lot of great content for you. Lugnuts coming every Sunday and Triforce coming every Monday. You look out for Matthew Kennedy, uh, part of the Perjangers and Warhangers Love Balloon. He will be posting randomly uh, podcasts on our network with uh, different interviews with people yep. and different content. Damn Obviously, yeah. we're working on uh, a collaborative podcast with him and setting up some live events for this year. We're going to get our ducks in a row so we can start off this year right. We've got a lot of cool toys that we're going to bring on the road. We're going to bring everything to you with enough time for you guys to get out there, be part of the podcast. Uh, probably something with lug nuts. We'll do something live with us, as well as the Perjangers Wool Love Balloon. Maybe yeah. even having a special podcast with that. And of course, we are always waiting for the imminent return of our Kelly, who may have a busy, complex business schedule allowing uh, us to pencil on some time. We'll contact his assistant. Yeah, we'll uh, have our people get. talk to his people and see if we can get him on for you guys. I know he's a hot star, and all you. Uh, Twitchy heads. Is that what we call them? Twitchers? Tweakers. Tweakers. Call them tweakers? (laughs) Twitchers? No, no, no. We can't call them tweakers. We We can't call them tweakers. We can't call them tweakers. But we thank you all for listening. And this is, of course, the long drawn out goodbye. I'm Matthew Bucrell, the Matt Man. To my left is Stephen Bucrell, big brother. And to my right is Christopher Bristow, the old man. Sleeping by my side is the ever vigilant mascot, our hero of time, Link Diablo. And as always, See you next week, boys and girls. Game on! Bye-bye! This is the Triforce. So damn pock. So damn pock. Because you got to have a little of that Kango song. I don't care if that's the best show in the world, but I'm watching it. Buddy Cop comic series titled yeah. Green Lantern. Yeah. You can't stop the one that the R and the human Put that in the veins, man. Now you're all better. Back to being a psychotic rage monster. See you next time on Dragon Ball Z. Pizza. 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 We're about to shut it off. Oh, God. Shut it down. Shut this podcast down right now. Bye.